This is Charles Zuta, and I welcome you to another episode of the Fountain of Life podcast. It's a real privilege to be coming your way with these episodes, and I'm really glad that God has given us a grace and opportunity to continue sharing these truths with you. And my prayer is that your life will be blessed, and God is going to strengthen us all even as we continue in this fellowship. Today's episode, we will talk about something I've captioned, Kate's story. And because of the nature of the content of this episode, viewer discretion is advised and listener discretion is advised because there may be some things that some people may find troubling or here listening to it might trigger some painful memories and all. So please, viewer discretion is advised and... uh, listener discretion is also advised in our previous episode we discussed how god uses the good memories to stimulate our faith and he god himself when he says he remembers something it's always tied up to positive action or it's tied up to a judgment or something we saw that when god remembered Abraham, when he was destroying Sodom and Gomorrah, he saved Lot because he and Abraham had discussed saving that city. And also we saw when he remembered Noah, he caused the wind to blow and then to let the waters go off so Noah and the people in there can be saved. So, remembering has something to do with action from God's perspective. It's not just mental recollection of facts. Or historical events but God does something in the same we also saw how memory ministered to David as he confronted that adversity in the person of Goliath stimulated his faith and elevated him to be the Savior of Israel for that moment so the positive memories are designed to elevate us and when we fail to make that connection between the good thing that God has done and that positive thing that God has done and we fail to leverage that memory to stimulate an action that raises our faith or we don't do anything with that fact God considered that state of indifference to be a state of hardness of our hearts that is we can recollect the facts but they don't mean anything to us or we do nothing with them and we can apply the facts so Today, we want to begin to focus on the range of emotions that are stimulated 
as we begin to move towards looking at how God has dealt with those emotions or those memories that will generate the actions that causes trouble. So we want to shift a bit, you know, shift the dial back a bit to memories being a monster. I really don't want this to be focusing a lot on that aspect, but we will look at both sides. Okay, when is a monster and then when is a minister. So today we'll dwell a bit on when the starting point for knocking on the door of redemption when our memories are monsters so i will tease a few thoughts along that line for us today why am i calling this episode kate's story before i share that testimony with you and by the way that testimony is i'm sharing it with you with the full approval of the person i'm calling kate i've changed the name to make sure that her identity and all are preserved. You know, a couple of years ago, I was watching a movie by Mel Gibson called Ransom. And in that movie, the character, you know, Mel Gibson's character's son was abducted or kidnapped for ransom. And it turned out that the gang leader who was, who helped kidnap that boy, arranged for the kidnapping, you know, eventually tried to present himself as a hero to find that kid. So when he came to collect his ransom money, that little boy was hiding in some corner somewhere and Bill Gibson's character and the, that bad guy they were having a conversation. Mel was congratulating him, you know, and then arranging for the payment and all. The boy recognized this man that he was the leader and he witnessed some very traumatic things that that guy did to some of the people who tried to help him. Seeing that man in his house, that's his father's house, and he talking with his dad, and reconciling that with the things he'd seen the guy do and knowing that that guy was the evil person. It was so, so traumatic. The little boy peed in his pants. Maybe if you've seen that movie, you can rewind and watch that segment. You know, it fits into a bit of this narrative that we are discussing. When memory is weaponized against us, when our memories are monsters, sometimes we want to see solution. We want to see something good come out. We, nobody in that state wishes evil or wishes something bad, even in the midst of that pain. But where do we go? Our conflict is, where do we tend to? That little boy was double traumatized because the person who inflicted the pain is the same person who is presenting himself as the hero. So, we are encouraged to seek solution, to seek answers when our memories are weaponized against us and we don't know where to turn. But the caution is, where do we go? And we need to be careful tend to. Because sometimes, the person who is inflicting the pain will be the same person 
who is trying to be the hero and it doesn't often end well so what is Kate's story I'm sharing this testimony with you for a reason because we are talking about trying to find answers trying to find the door that will lead us out of that captivity of that bad emotion that terrible memory that has crippled our lives just like the people in Psalm 137 sitting by the wells the rivers of Babylon and weeping or Peter feeling so broken because he's this felt is disappointed Jesus there is there are things that we can do there are places that we can go and I want us to look at somebody's testimony to guide us in that direction that I want us to be able to pursue a couple of years ago it happened as part of my day job that I coach people in some aspects you know of secular work not you know ministry work so I had scheduled a time with a lady I'll call Kate it was a Friday evening Friday afternoon around 2 ish so we're supposed to have a coaching session about something that she needed help with now I don't know whether she knew I was a Christian or not or my religious affiliation because it hardly crosses our conversation so when Kate came to my office before she even sat down or any other thing she told me I'm going to meet Jesus huh. I'm going to meet Jesus so instantly something just clicked in my in my spirit so instinctively I asked Kate by the way Kate is not a real name anyway are you ready to meet Jesus well she didn't answer straight away and I quickly changed the topic so we went through whatever we had to do went through all the session and before we broke off I went back to the conversation because it was kind of um, a bit troubling so I asked Kate what's going on why do you want to go and meet Jesus she started a little bit she didn't open up quite as much she said she's going to travel and all of that so I gave her a copy of a book a book I'd written that had just been published Awakening the Fighter Within and I thought whatever Kate is going through some of the topics I've discussed in that book could help you know address whatever pain or whatever she's going through and then I got her phone number and I promised to call her after work so that evening Friday night I called her so we spoke at length and it was during that conversation that she began to open up and she told me frankly how she's been through a lot of gut-wrenching adversity broken promises abuse you name it and it got into a point she's decided 
she's bought a plane ticket she's going to go home to her parents her family and then come back and then take her life I froze in my seat because this is not a kind of conversation I would normally have with anybody I'm not a trained counselor I'm just a mini I'm a minister I talk to people but this is a whole new dimension for me so I prayed with her we talked at length then she told me that before she came to my office that Friday afternoon all these plans were in her mind she had figured everything out how she's gonna resort to self-harm and all of that then Kate told me before she came to her office she lifted up her voice I didn't even know her level of commitment to Christ until we had this conversation she lifted up her voice to God and cried out to God please God let somebody talk to me let somebody talk to me she prayed this to God she didn't know I was a minister I don't think she did but she cried out to God God please this is where I've come to and this is what I want to do but please can you let somebody talk to me so I realized that this is a very very serious issue and this is somebody who really needs help so we invested a lot of time talking praying couple of days I kept checking on her making sure she's okay we discussed the Bible we prayed all I wanted was for this lady to be safe but what struck me about her was the fact that she gave God another chance she was dealing with things that memory had dredged up and she couldn't deal with the consequences the long and short of it is that she went home used a ticket all the same came back she didn't resort to that self-harm keep on praying with her and by God's grace she's found stability she's found strength and a couple of weeks ago she I think about a month or so ago she informed me she's getting married the reason why I'm sharing this with you is this, just like in Mel Gibson's story. Where do we go when everything around us is failing? Maybe some memories are holding us down and we've gotten to that point where we feel that we have to resort to self-harm. I want to tell you, I'm looking straight into this camera, this, you know, today, in today's episode, and asking you, that, will you be able to do what Kate did, to tell God, give me another chance to be able to project hope? Will you be able to hold on to hope long enough to give your faith a fighting chance? Because that's what Kate did she gave God one more chance said give me somebody to talk to me 
So that encounter that day, that Friday afternoon, was just like that. God answered her prayer. So the point I'm making is this. It doesn't matter what memory is dredging up. There are a lot of people who are hurting our world. Maybe the same people who inflicted the pain, they can't get away from them. Just like that little boy saw that kidnapper in his house. That is a kind of proximity people are to their pain. They can't get away from it. But just like Kate did, God is closer to us than even those people. And if we will be able to say to God, give me one more chance to know that you are there and you are faithful, God will answer that cry just like he did for Kate. I want us to look at one more example in our look use example of John of Judas. We have read that story already in a previous episode in um, Matthew chapter 27 and verse 3. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? You see to it. You see, let's look at Judas' situation just like Kate's. There's remorse, there's pain, there's a lot of dark, deep emotions that have been stirred up by some action in the past or by some event you know that has happened now Judas tried to fix the problem himself he, he tried to fix it by taking that money back to the priest there's nothing wrong in doing that that is a path of restitution trying to address the mistakes of the past trying to right the wrong but when he took the money there the people rejected it and they said and he threw it down he went away and then he hanged himself the trouble with judas's approach is that even though he took the right step in trying to find a solution to that niggling pain and that hurtful emotion and all the trauma and the torture that his memory had become, he went to the wrong people. You see, these people didn't care about him. They used him, spat him out. They told him, what is that to us? Your restitution, what is that to us? You're trying to find a good life. You're trying to find redemption. You're trying to find hope. What is that to us? You see to it. You see, so 
Unfortunately, when we are trying to find answers, when we are trying to find solutions to some of life's adversity, some of life's negativities, the first thing to watch out for is who you are leaning on. Judas leaned on the same people who cared nothing about him. They cared nothing. They, they didn't have his interests at heart. They, they cared nothing about his well-being. So the trap that you don't want to fall into is why is they encourage us to, 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 to seek help when we go, when our memories become monsters and we have come to the end of the road like Kate was when she knocked on my office door that Friday afternoon. I would recommend that the first thing is to look for people who love you, who care for you, who genuinely have your interests at heart and they want to help. If you make the mistake of leaning back on the same people who inflicted the pain, it's not going to work. Very, very interesting scenario. I love a song, you know, that there's a song by B.B. Winans. I want to be the only one. It's a very, very beautiful song. I love it. But one of the lyrics says, I want to be the only one to soothe you. Save, save you from the pain or soothe you from the pain. I was listening to this song with a friend in my car a couple of years ago. And he asked, when it came to that line, that, you know, that lyric, what about if the person who wants to hold you is the same person who is causing your pain? Sometimes it's like that. The people who hold us are the ones who hurt us the most. But like Kate, we want to be able to see God first. Where is God in all this? Maybe your pain came from the church. The same people who hold the Bible and they talk about God are the same people who inflicted your pain. And they are the reason why these memories have become monsters in your life. But the first step that I want you to take, instead of like what Kate decided to do, to say farewell to her family and resort to self-harm, the first thing I want to say is to share your pain. Talk to somebody. But who do you talk to? The first person I would recommend is talk to God. Talk to God. You see, it doesn't matter your religious ideology. It doesn't matter where you stand in life. God is merciful. God cares. God loves. Even if you don't have the language of religion, just cry. Help me. Save me. Before you make that step to resort to self-harm, I want to plead with you. Will you give God one more chance like Kate did? Send somebody to talk to me. And God will. You see, in subsequent episodes, I'll be sharing with you or sharing with us how or what God had done to help us deal with the negative emotions when our 
memories become monsters and they are weaponized against us. The biggest emotion that is stirred up is guilt. And that is why David prayed, deliver me from blood guiltiness. He realized that that is a big warfare he will have to fight. And the first step he recommended was to go to God for God to deliver him from it. So, as you hear Kate's story, as you hear about Judas, there are many avenues, there are many opportunities, there are many people who are out there who want to help you. I will recommend that don't bottle it up. Talk to somebody. Talk to God and then find somebody who has your interests at heart, who sincerely loves you and sincerely cares for you. Don't push them away. And then God will use those people to help you. Give your life one more chance before you resort to self-harm. That's what Kate did. She told God, I will give you one more chance. Send somebody to talk to me. And by the goodness of God, she happened to talk to somebody like me those the scriptures. I'm not a trained counselor, but I, all I was praying for, God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on this person. I genuinely wanted her to be safe, to do well. I may not speak the language of a therapist, but sincerely, I wanted her to be well. So, in subsequent episodes, I want to give you reasons why you should talk to God. You should talk to God first. And if for any reason you have come to the point where you feel self-harm is the only way out of breaking through those mental walls you can't win, then we have in every state, you know, in every, at least in Canada, in and in the US, there are counselors be able to help you make use of those services and by all means talk to somebody and look out for the person who sincerely has your interests at heart and lean on those ones because your life is worth fighting for it's not over yet however bad those memories are let God write the final chapter in that story Judas went to the wrong people perhaps if he had gone to Jesus first it would have made a difference never know but David did the right thing he cried out deliver me from blood guiltiness let's talk again in the next episode and it's a real privilege I believe I haven't you know brought a few tears to your eyes but that is what life is about life is worth fighting for and I thank God and I really look forward to continue sharing with you may God richly bless you Fountain of my life, I worship you today. Matthew 11 
28 to 29. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest. Thank you.